0: And thank you to our lead sponsor, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 419. Our first sponsored thanks today goes to Seattle Wholesale Grower's Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers' Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Our theme for 2019, 50 States of Slow Flowers, continues today with Teresa Brown of Rooster Ridge Farms in Bryan, Ohio. Listen for my conversation with Teresa in the second portion of this episode. But first, I would like to introduce you to Mary Schaefbauer of Brainerd, Minnesota, a compelling young floral entrepreneur who is using her passion for slow flowers to build an impressive name for herself. As you'll hear in today's episode, I first met Mary when she attended a July 2018 meetup hosted by Twin Cities Flower Exchange in St. Paul, Minnesota. Mary's story struck me as one I wish I had lived since her early teenage years She's been driven to become a floral designer. And because she couldn't afford to buy flowers with which to design, well, Mary started growing flowers on her family's property, flowers that soon became more than just art supplies for a self-taught designer. Soon, a business emerged, one that serves her local community of Minnesota's Lakes District, a vibrant destination, wedding, and tourism region. Son and Bloom Flower Farm and Design is a full-service floral design studio and flower farm. Located in Brainerd, the flower farm is nestled in the old hayfield behind Mary's family home. The land is surrounded by forest and meadow and is the perfect place to grow more than 40 types of flowers and hundreds of cultivars that supply customers whose flower needs range from weddings and events to everyday floral designs to farmers market purchases and more. Mary Schafebauer is committed to customer satisfaction to delight, and to education. She writes this on her website. I strive to use only the highest quality local flowers, the most interesting and delightful varieties, and to educate customers about the joy of flowers through community outreach. She continues. Sun and bloom floral designs are a celebration of color and texture. The flowers grown here on the farm come in a wide range of hues, allowing for beautiful tonal color combinations in each arrangement. I also love using a variety of textural elements, which are what make my designs so interesting and pleasing to the eye. I choose flowers that are unique and unusual, so I can surprise my customers with flowers they might never have seen before. She continues again, My designs have been described as romantic, natural, organic, and different. People love how many different kinds of flowers there are in each arrangement and how no two arrangements are ever the same. Well, I'm so happy to introduce you to Mary Schaefbauer. Please visit DebraPrinzing.com to see photos of Mary, her flowers, and her designs, and to find links to her social places. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so excited today to introduce Mary Schaefbauer of Son & Bloom Flower Farm and Design. Hi, Mary. Hi, Deborah. Thanks for jumping on the line with me. We're doing this over Skype, unfortunately, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we actually did meet in person last year and this year, so I want to say how thrilled I am that you agreed to be on the podcast. We met last summer. When I was in Minnesota, uh, Christine Hoffman of Twin Cities Flower Exchange hosted a little meet and greet at uh, her place at um, the Good Acre and, in the summer, and a lot of people came, and you showed up, and it's, it's you're always the youngest person in the room, right? <laughs> yeah, seems to be. <laughs> and uh, you just introduced yourself to me and said you were really excited about uh, starting a profession in as a flower farmer and floral designer, and we stayed in touch and you joined Slow Flowers. So I think you do get the prize for being the youngest Slow Flowers member, which is encouraging to me. And yeah. (laughs) And also you, um, you you came to the Slow Flowers Summit and you were terrific, terrific help. And you volunteered to work with um, other volunteers and also the team uh, to just make sure the day went smoothly. And you were just, just sharp. You're like, they can anticipate the next need before anybody need, uh, articulates it. So I know that Karen Thornton, our event manager, was particularly uh, jazzed to have your presence there. So all of those thanks and all the love to you, Mary. Um, but let's talk about you and your business because I want people to get to know you. Can you? Yeah. yeah so, Sonnet Bloom Flower Farm is in a t- town called Brainerd, Minnesota. Where is that in Minnesota?
1: Yeah, so Brainerd is about two and a half hours, two hours, depending on traffic, uh, north of the Twin Cities area. Um, there's a lot of, it's, it's a big resort town, there's a lot of lakes here, it's mm. kind of known as the Lakes area, so we have a lot of tourism in the summer, and yeah, it's a really fun place to live.
0: <laughs> wow, and also a fun place to design things. You know, it's grow and design, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, what is Sun and Bloom Flower Farm in terms of its scope? Give us a snapshot of your business.
1: So, um, I'm a farmer, florist, a grower, and designer. I design primarily with my own flowers that I grow. Um, it's just annuals at this point, um, but lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I do full service design, I do retail. Um, I don't have a physical shop, but people are able to order from me online for delivery, which is kind of a uh, cool and convenient way to do it. Um, I also do uh, subscription arrangements, deliveries to different homes and businesses in the area, and that's kind of my retail side. I do weddings also and events. Uh, I'm trying to get some more of those because they're so much fun, and I just love to work on cool uh, Wedding elements. Um, mm-hmm. I and know. I also uh, do wholesale uh, florals to all of the florists in our area. And there are quite a few because of how many weddings there are, because of the tourism and the resort um, kind of atmosphere. It's a huge destination wedding location here. So there's a lot of florists that I'm able to service with wholesale. Well, it's interesting following you on
0: uh, social media. Um- especially on Instagram, I see the kinds of things that you're working on and the fact that you're willing to take those sort of everyday orders all the way up to the the special occasion orders. Um, And what do you serve as your own delivery person or do you put family members into uh, service to help you with that?
1: So far, I'm the only <laughs> I'm the only one doing deliveries for the most part um mm. I'm still living at home, so I'm hoping I can get my younger sister to start doing it next year for me' cause, <laughs> that's great, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I saw you
0: just did a beautiful arrangement for like a symphony concert that um must have been in your community, and um was that right or?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Up here we have the Lakes Area Music Festival, which is this uh, huge kind of uh, thing that we have. It's really cool. The last couple weeks of August, um, this organization brings in musicians from all over the world classical musicians and so i donate flowers to them for their welcome tables every week and i was able to do a really big arrangement for the front of the stage for the final concert and that was so cool
0: Oh, it was you said you shared a photo of that so we'll we'll make sure we add that to the show notes uh where we'll have a gallery of a lot of your of you and a lot of your flowers um but just the fact that it is i mean in the peak of season it sounds like a lot the population swells but in you know in other parts of the year it's a smaller community uh th- where having i'm guessing we're having someone like you t- who can deliver flowers for you know ha- happy birthday or sympathy uh, that's kind of an, an added service that you've you've um you know used to build your business yeah Wow. So when you say you're growing your own flowers, what kind of uh, scope of area do you have? You said it's at the family property.
1: Yeah. So uh, we're kind of on a hobby farm. So I was able to take a pretty sizable chunk out of the back hay field. (laughs) Thanks, Dad, for for that and for tilling it all up for me. (laughs) Uh, So it's about uh, the actual physical growing space um there's like 11 rows that are 50 foot by four foot so it's like uh two two thousand square feet with like paths in the middle and stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's pretty big it's my biggest year and it's a lot of work for one person to do and it looks kind of weedy right now but it's (laughs) yeah it's
0: it's a bit yeah but you're I mean if you do allow the public onto the farm you're controlling what they see maybe for a workshop or something right <laughs> so <much. laughs> somewhat yeah yeah so uh Mary, where did the name Sonnenblum come from?
1: Sonnenblum is the German word for sunflower and sunflowers are my biggest seller uh, definitely people's favorite flower it's so recognizable so I kind of wanted to um, have that be my emblem and I also wanted to hearken back to my German ancestors who Came over here during the World Wars and farmed this area of the world. So, mm. yeah, that's beautiful. Do people call you Mary Sun Bloom? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've had people ask if that's my last name, and yeah, it's, it's about as hard to pronounce as Schaefbauer.
0: <laughs> and yeah. sh- and Schaefbauer is German as well, right?
1: Extremely yes. <laughs> it means sheep farmer. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, well,
0: if it had been, you know, uh, yeah, Bloombauer or something, you could have made that work, but, uh, I, oh, I, well. <laughs> you know, it's so creative when I, I'm always curious about the origin stories of people's business names. So Son and Bloom is, is definitely something that we'll carry with you, even if you relocate because it reflects yeah. you. And, you know, the, I mentioned that you're the youngest Slow Flowers member. I think you were still in high school when we met. Are you, tell me a little bit about that. Are you out of high school now?
1: Yes. I graduated uh, this uh, spring. I'm 18 years old now. Hooray. Adult. Adult life. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So our state has this cool program called the Post-Secondary Education Option or PSEO program. So I was actually able to go to our community college the last two years of my high school and get a two-year – I got a business degree – and my high school diploma through that program. So that's really cool.
0: Oh, my goodness. So you're 18, and you already have your AA degree. Yes. <laughs> wow. Did your business, uh, owning a flower farm, kind of factor into that? Or like, how did how did you juggle school? And I know, you said you're growing annual. So it's mostly mm-hmm. summer uh, farming and design. But like, it just yeah. sounds like you don't sleep very often.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I start everything myself from seed, and so (laughs) that starts around, oh, I don't know, February. Um, So juggling school and seed planting Mm -hmm. and trying to maintain somewhat of a social life, Uh, it it took a lot of work to figure it out. This past year was definitely much better than my first year of college and flower farming, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so you're, um, you
0: mentioned starting your seeds. Do you have some kind of facility like a barn or a basement or what, where are you doing that in the living room? <laughs> oh, wow. Your family's so agreeable.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're, they're so good about it. Yeah. My grandpa built me these amazing sturdy shelving units and I just have my planters on there with some good old shop lights. And right. That's my, that's my setup for spring. Yeah.
0: Right. And so by that, you kind of get your seeds started early. So then as soon as what, the first frost, the last frost Mm -hmm. date, then you're able to start kind of transitioning out to
1: the fields or? Yeah, definitely. Uh I have to start them way early because last frost, I think this year, I didn't plant my transplants out until like the last week of May. (laughs) Right. I was going to guess Mother's Day, but then
0: I thought to myself, no, you're pretty far north. I bet you it's June 1st.
1: Yeah, Mother's Day is way too early.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. And that's the thing about where you are in, I mean, what zone are you? Are you zone four or five?
1: Uh, it's like almost three.
0: <laughs> wow. So you so. have you have to deal with cold springs and early frost in the fall and this intense, short, condensed growing season. I
1: Yeah. Right. pretty
0: challenging. Yeah. But yeah. That's amazing. So how did you uh, what came first, the farming or the design? Like how did this evolve for you?
1: It's yeah, it's interesting. I started when I was like 14
0: mm-hmm. actually.
1: You're such I a just, you're a veteran. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I um I don't know. I'd always been interested in farming. And like the first thing, as soon as I found out what a job was when I was like five, I wanted to be a florist. (laughs) So (laughs) it just kind of worked out. I found, uh, Erin with Florette, of course. Um, I found her blog and website and I'm like, wow, there are people that are not only farming, but they're also doing the design. So I just kind of pulled, uh, we put two rows in the backfield, the first two, And I just kind of messed around for the first year and I uh, started learning how to design. Like basically what happened was I wanted to design with flowers, but I had no money Uh to to buy any. So I just uh, grew them myself. Wow. Yeah. You spent a few bucks here and there on seed
0: packets and Mm -hmm. grew bouquets worth of flowers at a relatively affordable cost then. Yeah. And it grew from there. Wow. What was
1: the first flower you grew when you were 14? Oh, uh, a lot of zinnias. Mm-hmm. They're my old standby. I, th- I definitely did sunflowers
0: too. <laughs> sure. I mean, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. And the, do you have foliage that you can forage uh, from your property or were you having to grow like herbs and, you know, grains for your foliage? Uh,
1: yeah, there's a lot. Um I'm like right in the middle of the woods so I do forage a lot of uh, woody greenery from <clears throat> out in the woods and like the hayfield I get a lot of material from there too and I do grow some herbs a lot of uh, basil mostly mm-hmm. and things to supplement it but wow. yeah lots of for especially the first few years I was only foraging I didn't plant any greenery. <laughs> well telling me that you've discovered florette
0: online makes me realize that you are a child of the internet and you probably Mm -hmm. learned a lot from youtube and many blogs or online resources i mean did you did you actually do you feel like you're self-taught in in your
1: design skills in my design skills uh yeah pretty much self-taught. I've taken a few classes, uh, Rachel Bredemus up with, uh, Sweet Alouette mm. uh, Flower Farm. She's up in Walker, which is a couple hours north of here. And she studied with Ariela Shazar and she's had a lot of experience. So I've taken a few, uh, one-on-one design classes with her. But other than that, I am pretty much self-taught between that. And I actually had, um, a year season working with one of the bigger wedding florists in our area, uh, the first couple of years I was farming. So I learned a lot from that experience too. Yeah.
0: Especially like, I'm assuming like mechanics and techniques that are kind of classic in the industry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely learning about design, but also just event work and, um, how the whole workflow and the scheduling for that and transportation and all of the kind of nitty gritty stuff. I was mostly, you know, washing buckets and sweeping, but <laughs> you learn a lot. You learn a lot from doing that.
0: yeah. Right. Exactly. You learn about the elbow grease it required. And, right. um, and obviously you're not afraid of physical labor. If your first dream job was, you know, to be a farmer and a florist. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's interesting because you, um, kind of had to, s- develop your own curriculum and and your own education was finding people that you could work for or learn from, Mm -hmm. um, to then evolve into your own, excuse me, your own aesthetic. And I'm curious how you would describe your aesthetic, um, as an, you know, as an independent designer.
1: Yeah. I, I just really, I'm just obsessed with color. First of all, Mm. I like going through the seed catalogs in the spring, (laughs) It's, it's the best part, and then seeing it all blooming and figuring out, okay, which colors go well together? How can I put these together in a unique way? Um, so color, definitely colorful is a word I would use to describe my style, um, and definitely really full. I like to cram a lot of stuff. <laughs> I like to cram a lot of stuff in. Um, this year, I've been learning to pull back a little bit and let stuff breathe, which has been good, <laughs> but... Uh, full, colorful, uh, wild, organic, for sure, especially with all of those foraged elements. Right, yeah. right.
0: And and uh, it's wonderful, too, because it sounds like you let the palette of the day or the whatever's blooming at its peak kind of inform what you're creating, especially when people are ordering just like a single arrangement from you. Do, mm-hmm. Are people trying to specify or do they trust you and say, Mary, we, you know give us your best and they leave you that freedom.
1: Yeah. For the most part, I'm just able to kind of do whatever I want. Um, I've never made two arrangements the same. Like even when I do subscription, multiple deliveries in a day, each one is has a different color palette, even just cause it's fun, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh working weddings and some events and I've had a couple custom orders that are a little more specific and that's been really good for me to kind of learn how to hone it in and work with a color palette that someone wants but uh, I like to mess around a lot too well I've been really impressed with your
0: ability and I don't think it's just you I think it's a group of you you're getting a lot of press I think you've sent me links to four articles in the last year that, yeah. that have either featured um the brainerd area or you as a you know sort of farmer florist and can you just talk a little bit about how that's happened and and what what is, what is it what is the story what is what is connecting the media to
1: uh you and and others yeah it's been kind of surreal actually um For the first few years I was doing it, I didn't have a lot of brand awareness at all, uh, but there's a local publication through the newspaper. It's like a quarterly magazine. It's called Her Voice. It's about, it's by women, for women, about women sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And my aunt is a journalist, so my aunt wrote in with my story of how I was doing this flower farm and all of that. We sent all the pictures, and then uh, that came out in the spring. They slapped me on the cover of it, which was... (laughs) I remember that. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, about that, <laughs> they didn't tell me they were putting me on the cover until it came out. But I think that was definitely a catalyst um, for a lot more PR that the just slow flowers, local flowers in general have been getting around this area. So more recently, um, our local paper had a it's the progress edition on Labor Day. They have. They feature different businesses and stories. And they talked about all of the farmer, you know, the flower farmers and, flower, you know, people who are into local flowers right. in the mm-hmm. area. And there have been quite a few of the past uh, few years. I was the first, just saying. Yeah. But, <laughs> you could own that. But just, yeah. Um, but there have been uh, quite a few. And I think there's um, just within our local area, there's at least three or four flower farms now that are doing different things, and so, yeah, that has been getting a bit of press. I think people think it's really interesting and unique. Not a lot of people up here have even heard about the idea of having a flower farm. Right. Like, what what even?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, it's so interesting, too, because just coming from the media point of view that I have, there Mm -hmm. is a little bit of like safety and numbers because if the if the writer or editor can point to, oh, there's like a little bit of a, a renaissance going on or a little momentum with three, yeah. three or four, then all of a sudden it feels like uh, a trend. And I, I know you aren't a trend, but it's just interesting to think about the mindset of the people who are wanting to talk to you. Of course, right. and of course, you know, flowers in print, it like they're sexy like they look more interesting oh, yeah. than I don't know a car crash or something right right <laughs> <laughs> so it makes news and I always encourage people to like lead with the beauty and like the flowers will eventually uh woo people because it's it just a feel-good story and um there's more than that of course um have you had like I don't know uh measurable, res- any kind of indication that these articles are helping change the attitude um, in in the Brainerd area in terms of people's awareness? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I do a farmer's market also. Um, every of Saturday. course you do. <laughs> yes. Why not? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. It's, Let very-
0: me- it's a Saturday yeah. farmer's market. Yes. What happens if you have a Saturday wedding?
1: Uh, <laughs> that's well i try I've tried to not do the farmers' market also, I did have a Friday wedding, okay it was one of my bigger ones, and that was convenient mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't end up going to the farmers' market anyway because I was invited to the wedding and okay. I was up all night but <laughs> uh yeah i i um it depends if it's a smaller wedding, I'll do the farmer's market also. Okay. Um, so I cut you up. Yeah. So the farmer's market is, yeah. is it Brainerd farmer's market or it's, uh, Crosby actually. Crosby okay. is, um, a little farther North and it's a big mountain biking town. It's really cool, but, uh, they do have a farmer's market. Um, it's three years old. I was there since the first year. And so I kind of have people who expect to see me there and that's really cool. I have some regulars, but also, um, It's interesting. When I see new people, I always kind of give them the spiel like, oh, uh, they're organic and I grow them myself and they're chemical free. And recently people have been like, oh yeah, I I read about you in that article. And so that has been so cool to see that happening. That's
0: cool. That's that's wonderful.
1: Well, what is your goal? Is it, is, it sounds like you have a lot
0: of channels of selling flowers. Are you comfortable with that and kind of Uh, almost like juggling every day to have a floral demand rather than having it all pushed to the weekend. Um, Have you evaluated what is like the best, I don't know, best place for you to put your energies or are you still trying to figure that out?
1: Well, I know there's definitely some things that are more profitable than others. Um, the wholesale has been interesting. I'm actually working with another grower in our area, um, Abra Holly, with Holly Hill Gardens. Okay. Up in Emily, which yeah. is an hour north of here. We actually, uh, this year, started pooling our flowers together. We load all of our buckets into my family soccer mom minivan, and we drive around like a hundred-mile circuit to all the florists, and we've been going together um, and just keeping track of whose product sells, and so that has been... Really, really good. And that's kind of one of my more profitable things. And we're kind of able to share uh, the workload for that. So that's been really cool. So, uh, and uh, Abra, is it Abra or Abra?
0: Abra. Abra. Yeah. She's, she's a Soulflowers member too. So I, I didn't really know you guys were doing this. So you, you just pick one day a week or, uh, um, just is you have a set,
1: set route, how does that play out? Yeah. So we send, um, an availability list out on monday for the following week and then we do the circuit to all the retail florists on tuesday um and if we have any wedding orders then we'll do that on thursdays but yeah so oh. we do have a set circuit we even if people don't order we stop by I will say just having the flowers there is definitely a good way to get people to buy them. <laughs> right. 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 So Be- even if they're like, oh, I don't need anything. We're like, come, come look anyway. So, so. you t-
0: you park in front of the shop and say, come on and just peek, peek in the back. And, yeah. and then yeah. the flowers are like, buy me, take me yes. home. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's smart. And so that's you, that's worth your time though uh, because it's earlier in the week. And so you're, in a way it sort of sets you up for the week because you've already probably set aside things or not harvested yet things that you know you'll need for the farmer's market or for, yeah. for weddings or, you know, special occasions. And then you've just right. got this concern of moving flowers earlier in the week, which is really,
1: yeah, fun. it's super nice. I try and keep my retail, uh, my regular retail deliveries toward the beginning of the week. Um, but yeah, you, usually I can pick the whole field over for the Tuesday deliveries, and then everything's come back by the weekend. So that's a really good setup.
0: Wow! And do you guys grow different things? Is that kind of also added a more diversity in your offerings, so that it feels more uh, more enticing to the retail customers?
1: I yeah, guess um, wholesale
0: customers who are retailers. Sorry, yeah,
1: right, yeah, yeah, wholesale customers. Uh, yeah, it's we have some overlap, which is good because. Um, there's more volume that way. If we have a higher volume order and we both have the same thing for that, mm-hmm. we pull our stuff together. Or if like my Cosmos is looking sad and Abra's is looking really good, we'll just pack hers. Um, but it. there, we do have some different products that kind of, like she does a lot more greenery than I do and different stuff. So it's yeah. usually pretty full and full van with a lot of variety and so that's really cool. It's almost like an
0: informal wholesale operation. You're not you're not treating it as a separate business. You've just figured out how to kind of track what's being sold and, and share your expenses.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's we were thinking. Oh well, maybe sh- should we have it be a whole separate entity? But it's like that's way too much work. So <laughs> we just keep track um, of who sells what, and we each get our share of that. Uh, we work on the marketing and stuff together, and we have one email for both of us. But that's the only thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you calling yeah. it?
1: Are you calling it something different? Yeah, we call it the Lakes Area Flower Collective. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: you know, and if you added other growers you'd need a second vehicle or a larger, like a box truck or something. I mean, you have
1: to,
0: (laughs) you're kind of at capacity right now. Yeah, pretty much. Well, we've been chatting recently about your um, professional development goals. I don't know if that's a way to say it or not, but I wanted wanted (laughs) you to tell kind of what your, your dream is for what's next to the listeners. And, um, and I thought the podcast would be the best way to introduce you to the larger Slow Flowers community.
1: Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. Thank you. Um, yeah, so this year I'm kind of planning on setting out and doing some freelancing. Um, I'm pretty much open for every single weekend <laughs> <from> <laughs> through November, uh, November through April-ish. And then I have to kind of focus back in on doing my own farm because I am doing this again next year. Uh, so, Um, yeah I'm looking to pick up weekends pretty much anywhere in the country I've never really had an opportunity to travel very much so I'm kind of seeing this as a cool way to gain experience for one thing um, in design and to travel around and meet new people and yeah so I'm looking to pick up some Freelance gigs. <laughs> so are you
0: okay? So let's 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 drill down on that. So after yeah. like November is sort of your your flowers are done. Mm-hmm. You're kind, you, You're not as tied to the to the the farm, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Um, do you envision that you'll just maybe fly to, to destinations where the weddings are large enough that there's a budget to pay for you to come and freelance yeah. um, in in other markets? Or do you? I guess I also was picturing. Oh, maybe you could go work for somebody for. You know in a at a more winter resort destination, and you could work for a couple of months or a chunk of time i mean, or do you have a kind of a dream job that you're picturing
1: yeah well, um originally, I was kind of hoping that I could like just go somewhere and get a full-time florist job for like six months and then come back. Uh, Since then I've kind of shifted gears. I've decided I'm going to try and do more with my business here. So uh, that means um, through November and Christmas time, I'm going to be doing wreaths Mm -hmm. and wreath making workshops, which are really popular. And we have a lot of pine greenery up here in the North. So I'm able to do wreath. Sure. Holiday sort of stuff. Yeah. So I guess uh, and and then I don't know if someone wanted to have me on from like January through well, January and February, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. But come yeah. March I gotta start
0: planting seeds <laughs> <dimsies> again. <laughs> and Mary, you're also kind of um looking for something warm and sunny, I take it. Yes. Yeah.
1: My seasonal depression starts to come in (laughs) right after Christmas, so if you're in a warm and sunny area, I've seen the ocean a grand total of one time in my life, so that's also a bonus, but not a requirement. Oh my goodness. Oh uh, well, that I'm going to keep my ears open for
0: you, and I um, I know that you've got um, an online portfolio and uh, your contact information, which we'll share all of that in the show notes. So, uh, anyone listening, uh, I fully endorse you hiring Mary. Uh, she is uh, tireless in her productivity, and positive attitude uh, is a bonus. And um, I. I think it would be, it's a, it's, it's fun. I love it. I, I was going to call you an itinerant florist, but uh, that probably sounds better than vagabond florist, but, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe <kind> of cool. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe you'll have to start a blog, uh, about your, uh, your travels.
1: Yeah, I am. I'm working on, <laughs> I I'm a huge marketing nerd, so I'm trying to find not right now because I'm still kind of buried in flowers, but I'm looking to expand my online presence. So yeah, blogging blogging YouTube videos and all of that stuff. I'm I'm really feeling experimental. I've got a year off of school at least. So I'm like, ooh, what can I do now? <laughs> oh, I see. So you think you might end up transferring to
0: uh, like a four year college at some point and finishing up?
1: Yeah, I don't exactly know. I'm also looking at online school. It'll all depend on um what kind of where life takes me and what I'm able to what kind of opportunities come up and what work I'm able to get. Uh, Yeah, I'm just kind of I've got my ears open. I've toured colleges. You know, I've done all the good student sort of things. But if it's not in the cards as much, then I'm just going to explore my other opportunities.
0: Yeah. And I figure I could totally understand that online, the appeal of an online uh, education, Mm -hmm. because you're able to, well, you're self-motivated for one thing. So you're not going to just sign up for classes and never finish them. You'll, you'll like, you'll, you've got to get your value there, but Mm -hmm. that would give you more flexibility. I guess that's what I'm getting at. So definitely. Yeah. So
1: we'll see how that goes.
0: (laughs) So I know I met your mom briefly last summer.
1: Yeah, What does she think of all of this? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Mom actually drove me down to the cities, (laughs) to the, to our meet and greet last year, because I'd never driven to the cities before. (laughs) Yeah. Thank her for that.
0: I think she kind of just hung out in the car or went on an errand or something for a while. She
1: went and visited with uh, some relatives down there for however long it was that we were uh, meeting. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, my parents have been super, uh, super, oh gosh, what's the word? Supportive, yeah. <laughs> they've been so helpful, and uh, they've both run businesses of their own before, and they both have some farming experience. So, we're they are able to help me and guide me through that. Um, and mom's super helpful with any breakdowns or anything that I have. <laughs> you know, I, I'm still learning how to handle stress. I'm still growing up. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So they've been really amazing. Oh,
0: that's really neat. It's very encouraging. And I think it's just the, it's the wish that every parent has for their child to find their passion. Speaking from experience, I dream that for my boys and um you're, they just must be so proud of you that you've, you're focused and you've got your path, Um, you know, just this. Not that it's all going to be easy, but you you know which path you want to walk down, and so yes, very cool. Well, I'm so excited we can show some uh, photos of your projects. You sent me a whole link of gallery, of images, so um, I'll i I'll, I'll try not to overdo it, but I've got lot, <laughs> lots of favorites. Um, your aesthetic is your aesthetic is very uh, vivid, and I'm sure there are times when you have a blush or white wedding <laughs> request, but it must just kill you.
1: I don't know it's it's all fun i and i always <laughs> i did have a blush wedding and i stuck my little pink flocks and and my little elements in there so. <laughs> yeah. i'm sure it, they thought it was beautiful good. yeah
0: that's cool very cool well um anything else i didn't ask mary that you want to make sure we touch on before we wrap up
1: yeah i don't know it's i'm just so excited uh for where the slow flowers movement is going it's so amazing to start seeing it in my little corner of the world because it sometimes feels like we're a little behind (laughs) way up here up north you know yeah Um, oh i just heard a little bit of a minnesota accent there when you said oh yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. definitely when you're doing customer service it kind of comes out you know (laughs) So they know you're my, a local girl. My target market is um, generally older ladies with deep pockets. So it helps to kind of lay it on thick sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you betcha. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, thank
0: you so much for sharing more about your story. And I, I truly wish I was a florist who could hire you. But I'm just going to tell everybody <laughs> to like check it out, get in touch thank with you. Mary. And um, I'd like to see you in, you know, the Sunbelt States. So you're getting a lot of... Uh, a lot of whatever that is from sun, it's yes, vitamin D. Please. Vitamin D yes, is vitamin that? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Thank okay, you. <laughs> great. And um, we'll we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for being on the
1: podcast. Thank you for so much for having me. It's been amazing. Fun.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye. much for joining my conversation today with Mary Schaefbauer. As you heard she's hoping to freelance outside of Minnesota this coming winter and early spring of 2020. Having experienced her as a volunteer at the Slow Flowers Summit in St. Paul this past summer, I'm a big fan of Mary and her work ethic, maturity, creativity, and personality. You may want to invite her to work with you for a specific event or season. I've added her contact information in our show notes today too. Mary is the future of the Slow Flowers Movement, and I draw great comfort and encouragement in knowing her. Today's next sponsor thanks goes to Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S. And we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. Now, let's visit Ohio and Teresa Brown of Rooster Ridge Farm. From seed to bloom, Teresa grows and designs with flowers she loves, but also flowers that are unique and heirloom varieties. Rooster Ridge offers beautiful fresh cut flowers through various channels, including supplying wholesale flowers to florists and serving local customers from the farm's small design studio. Seasonal floral subscriptions and delivery services are included. Well, I'll let Teresa tell you the rest of the story. So let's get started by visiting Ohio. I'm so excited to be visiting the state of Ohio today as part of our 50 States of Slow Flowers series, and today I'd love to introduce you to Teresa Brown of Rooster Ridge Farms in Bryan, Ohio. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Deborah. Thanks for joining me. Well, thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. Well, we've been talking about your um, famous rooster who inspired your logo at Rooster Ridge Farms. So give us a little bit of a snapshot of of where Rooster Ridge Farms is and, you know, what are your, you know, your main um, crops and your main uh, channels of business? Okay. Um,
2: well, Rooster Ridge is in the northwest corner of Ohio um, on the outskirts of Bryan. Uh, a lot of people don't know where that is, so it's an hour from Toledo, Ohio, and an hour from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'm in the middle. So, um, that's a pretty good, good setting for me. So
0: you're you're actually, you're actually closer to, um, Indiana than many parts of Ohio, it sounds like. Yes, I am.
2: Okay, we'll Um, we'll picture you on the map.
0: Okay, yeah,
2: and so, um, I live on a state route, and, um, the bought the farm in 2015 and it's just been the gas pedal down to the floor ever since. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, when you said you bought the farm, um, had you, how did you shop for a farm? I mean, that's really fascinating to think about, uh, how, how one finds a place to buy.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm coming back to my stomping grounds. Um, I'm originally from pioneer Ohio, but my parents, uh, kind of motivated me to come back to this area I lived in Fort Wayne Indiana and I teach in Fort Wayne Indiana as an art teacher but um, my parents are getting older and so I felt like I needed to get closer to them and that's what made me gravitate back and shopping for the farm um, just was trying to get getting closer to my parents so now I'm like
0: five five, five miles away from them. Wow. So you said you're, you're on a state route. Is this like a completely agricultural focused community that you're in?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. There's all farmland around me. I've got one neighbor and, um, he's at a distance away Mm -hmm. from me, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, you go down the road and you see a lot of, uh, soybeans and not much corn this year, but Mm. we, we did get the soybeans in and that, and it's, it's wonderful. I mean, it's a whole different, uh, scenery than being in the city.
0: Right. I know. I bet it's gorgeous. Uh, I love looking across fields of, of, I mean, here we are preaching anti. we're against monocrops, but there is something mesmerizing about looking across a cornfield or a soybean field. So, uh, Oh, you know, as long as it's not your field, Sunset. right? <laughs> yeah,
2: the sunsets are unbelievable. Mm. So, mm. I mean, you you got a distance, you get to see it just the sun go down and the different colors come up. And it, it I sit there and just watch it all.
0: Yeah, well, we'll talk about your art and how it, it sounds like you have a different way of seeing things than maybe the uh, non artist. Um, first of all, I'm curious to know about how much land you have and what you're growing.
2: Uh, we have approximately 23 acres on the, land, on the farm, but I've taken it um, between two to three acres for my flower farm. So I wow. call it the North Field. <laughs> and that, that I, I've secured for myself. <laughs> and then we um, do a little bit of soybeans on the other side and pasture, and then there's woods and that. So, you know, lots of room to expand if
0: I get to that point. Right. But um, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot to grow but as a solo farmer. I mean, you're kind of a one woman show, yes. right?
2: I I am a one woman show. I uh parents. They did help the first few years. And, you know, as we grow a little bit older, I felt like, you know, they needed to take a break and yeah. it was just wearing them out. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm doing it on my own and um, it wears me out, too. But I, I love doing it. I mean, that's my zen out there.
0: Well, uh, Teresa, are you growing uh, are you growing mainly in the field, or or I can't remember if you have high tunnels or not? I have one
2: um, hoop house. Okay. And it's a thirty by ninety-six. Okay. So it's fairly big. And um, yes, I grow out in the field. Um, I I kind of idolize Lynn. Lynn is it Byzantine? Oh, oh, oh,
0: Lynn Bazinski. Uh huh. from Kansas. She's not that far away. (laughs) Yeah. And the rows that she
2: had, that they had mowed on the front and everything. So that's how I kind of mimicked my farm, um, Mm. where I had rows of flowers. And for my first three years, it's been like that. This last year, uh, because of all the rains, I finally realized how it feels like to be a farmer because we could not get the this stuff out in the field. So what I did have, I started cramming it into my hoop house. <laughs> and so, um, the hoop house has been marvelous. It makes me think, God, oh, gosh, I got to get some more of these. <laughs>
0: so You said you started cramming it. You were cramming things into your one hoop, your one hoop house. Yeah. Cause that was the joyous. My one hoop house for this year. Wow. Yes.
2: That was the only way I could control it. I mean, we, Everything that um, I was able to put some cosmos outside and um, some Oscar, and that's all I was able to get out there oh. out, out in the fields. It just was kept raining and raining and raining, and so it just got too late to where I knew that it wasn't going to be able to harvest even. And if it was, it was going to be, be beyond my time when I had to go back to. My full-time job.
0: Yeah. So wow, well, it let, would
2: have yeah, been a waste.
0: That's crazy. Uh, I hope you know. in here, other parts of the country are in in drought conditions, and want they want some of your rain. I I hope things even out. Yeah. Uh, next season for yeah. everybody. Well, you mentioned uh, your other job, and you mentioned uh, seeing sunsets. So uh, tell everybody what your other uh, other gig is, and actually, the <laughs> gig the gig you've had mostly uh, most of your professional life. Yeah. Um,
2: it's, a, I'm an art teacher, uh, at, at Fort Wayne community schools for elementary and I'm an artist. So, um, that's kind of been my main supporter for the whole farm
0: wow. right now. Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, I'm, I'm at an older age and I started this at 55. So, um, I guess my thoughts were at the time, if I started this and, uh, it could be, uh, Help me out when it and when I retire, sure, whenever that happens. Sure, but but you had to get um, you had
0: to get a jump start on that so that by the time you retire, you've got a viable farm. It sounds like,
2: yes, Yes. yeah, that and get my clientele going and get known for what I can do and who I can help in that. So that's what I've been focusing on for the past four years. Wow, so I'm going on my fifth.
0: What inspired you to do this, Teresa?
2: Well, um I always thought I was going to marry a farmer, so I had <laughs> I had a love for for farming anyways. But um I always was on the outside of a small town and it was very rural. My parents were agrarious. They, you know, would go ahead and have plant or you know, gardens and
0: mm-hmm. oh
2: dad was immaculate about mowing and I was always out in the middle of all of that. Mm. So I, I would go and help my neighbor lady. I think I mentioned it to you on a in a letter. Uh, I think she had a lot of impact on it because mm. she was just the sweetest, kindest lady. And I would go out there and help her with her flowers. And you know, she kind of reminded me of Martha Stewart in, mm. in a way, in mm-hmm. her own way, um, with a Joan Cleaver twist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it interesting that Anyways. like that stayed with you all these years, all through art school, and then working oh. in education and There was something that reminded you about feeling, I don't know, safe or happy or in nature that that drew you back.
2: Well, and there was a a time in high school you get a choice of going to uh, a a vocational school or your track is going to college.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And I was I wanted to go to the vocational school in horticulture. And but yet my two older sisters went to college and I knew that's where my parents wanted me to go also. Mm. So I went that route. So it's kind of like a full circle in a sense. I mean, I did come back to that in in my later life, Mm. or later age. (laughs) So anyways, um, so here I am, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm loving it, and I'm learning at the same time. I mean, this is not like I was raised on a farm or... None of my parents were right. flower farmers or anything right. like that, right, but um
0: that's it, amazing
2: it's been fun to learn it all well, yeah. you
0: um so when you found this land and you bought it, is that really what it um kind of allowed you to start rooster Ridge uh farms yeah, yeah, oh. and yes. is, is the and that whole was the whole in place... my brain. <laughs> go ahead, I'm sorry to me to cut you off. No, that was in my brain all
2: this time, you know mm. all along that I would turn this into. Uh, I wanted flowers Mm -hmm. and I I also was thinking of doing vegetables, which I did at the beginning. And, uh, so then it just kind of trickled at how much time you could spend on one or the other. (laughs) And so I just stuck with the flowers and eliminated the vegetables.
0: And you called your place Rooster Ridge. And is it, which came first, the roosters or the ridge or like, how did that all come together?
2: Um, I thought it sounded cute mm-hmm. because down the road there's the grumpy goat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, oh, you we mean got the grumpy goat? And rooster is. <laughs> oh, on your same street. <laughs> yeah, oh, on that's the same street. That is hysterical. I love and, it.
2: And so they sell antique stuff, and I thought, oh, well, this is kind of a cute idea, but you know, it's catchy. I thought it was catchy. You're out on the farm, but. Um, it really didn't really lend to, um, being a flower farm. You know, when people hear rooster ridge, I think I'm selling eggs or something. Right. So, right. um, I kind of stuck with it because they still say it's cute. And so you and you've,
0: yeah. And your logo is your original artwork, which shows a rooster. And, yes. and it's, and we'll have to share it on the show notes so people can see it. Well, okay. yeah. So your life now is you're teaching, uh, uh, weekly. And, and you said that it's, you, the school started a month ago. So it, here it is peak farming season, and you're teaching Monday through Friday, you race home, what, an hour away, roughly, Yeah. Uh, after the yeah. school day. And then what do you farm until dusk? I mean, that's kind of exhausting to think about. Yes. But
2: Yes, it. Is. I do. And I'm glad I'm able to do that right now. You mm-hmm. know, um, I'm sure it'll slow down eventually. But you know, I think, while I'm still up and moving, I'm going to live as quickly and as much as I can. Wow! So that's that's how I I choose to live. I mean, when you're with all these children, which is a giant school system, I have like 700 kids in our school. um, There's a lot of chaos in that. So coming home and getting out in the field or just even pulling weeds in the hoop, whatever it may be. um, I just get my downtime Mm. and I get to zone in and Mm -hmm. I get to look at the beautiful flowers and, Mm. uh, you know, yeah. kind of dream along yeah. along the way. Yeah. That's
0: really cool. I love that. And then the summer, it, do you have the summer, most of the summer off? So that kind of allows you to be more focused on. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And then I, you know, I'm able to, I go and I, at the beginning, I started going to several florist shops and selling wholesale and I've kind of zoned it down to one floral shop that we have a, a certain amount. I take her every weekend or close to the weekend or week, um, goes to the weekend when Mm -hmm. I'm working and Mm -hmm.
0: then
2: in the week during, I don't work, but, um, so she's my main, main wholesaler. And then I have a little shop. I've turned my three car garage into like my studio and, um, I have a roadside stand and I have a floral subscription that I, I deliver the flowers to. So, and then, um, I started doing weddings and funerals and special occasions. I mean, it's kind of just happened naturally. Sure. Uh, Not anything I forced. I didn't even know I could do bouquets until, um, and probably they weren't the greatest. But when the first year I went to Brian's um, farmer's market and had my little setup and I had all my little flowers I didn't take them as bouquets. I was thinking that ch- people would pick the bou- flowers out and then make their own bouquet. Mm. But they picked the flowers and they wanted me to make the bouquet.
0: Wow, that's and so cool!
2: So, so, yeah, so I did. I would be talking to them real fast and you know putting the flowers away and, uh, in the in the vases and you know and they'd walk away all happy and everything. So. That became quite a thing. I mean, that started making me think, hey, they're coming back. (laughs) That's wonderful. All right, they did. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the high sign on that one was I was still out in the street when everybody else was gone, and people were still standing there wanting bouquets of flowers. And it's an hour past where they all should have been gone. We should have been left.
0: (laughs) So I was going to ask you what the kind of um, atmosphere was for local flowers and, you know, in your market in Brian and beyond. And it, it sounds like you, it, there's been a really positive response to um, seeing what you grow and that people are part of that.
2: It has. And, you know, um, I've had, I've tried to be very careful about um, not taking anything away from my other, um, the other retailers of the floral business sure. here in the area. So I kind of, I was going to say that my business has kind of evolved and my mind has evolved about what it's turning into because I don't have a sign out front of my farm or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've decided that this could be a business that's more boutique in a sense that um, it's by word of mouth. If people are happy, they come back, they bring their friends, they tell somebody else, whatever, and it has happened like that mm. and um and they call at any time and wow. and I respond with that call, you know, because I feel like um that's kind of like what a boutique would do,
0: yeah, and you're serving a sp- a community uh, as and nothing can really be more local than that, right? Yes, right. Hmm. But cool. what's really
2: funny is that a lot of the clientele comes from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Where you teach. So, um, yes. Yep. Well, and I've been teaching there for 12 years, so i got quite a few friends in that <laughs> area. But <laughs> I love it. But even that, I mean, yeah, they get to know you, and then they tell their friends, and their friends call. And um, most of my weddings have all come from Fort Wayne. And so I've been very fortunate to have weddings in venues that... Um, probably the extreme higher end florists do. So that uh, makes me feel pretty privileged.
0: Well, you truly are a farmer florist then. And, uh, I, I'm excited to see where this takes you. Do you, what is next for you in terms of, uh, growing more Ohio grown flowers or expanding, or are you kind of on the trajectory that you originally envisioned when you set, set the start of this four years ago? No, I,
2: I think it's all changed. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, um, I'm kind of going with what 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 comes to me. Mm-hmm.
1: I think the the
2: most recent thing that I have done, I started shipping, and that all began from a lady in Minneapolis, or no no, not Minneapolis, Minnesota, huh and mm-hmm. she she kept saying, "I want some of your flowers. How wow. do I get this?" You wow. know And I mean, she had been on me for like two to three years. And this was a, and kept,
0: an individual, not a, or is she a professional florist? No, no, no individual.
2: Mm, wow. She's, uh, she followed me through Facebook. And, um, so she kept commenting and on Instagram and would comment. And she says, I'm waiting. And I'm like, <laughs> I said, Joe, I'm going to, I'm going to be there. I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out somehow. So her daughter actually contacted me from Texas and, for her um, birthday and all this business that she wanted to get her uh, flower subscription. Oh, wow. And I, I said, I would try to do this. I finally had gotten the box figured out and I went to a company. So they made me a box, but it was just a blank box. There was no, no, no design on it on the outside. So um, I said, well, if you guys would be my Guinea pigs, I said, we'll try this. And so they were like, yes, and we did, and it it made it, it, and it was a remote area in Minnesota that it had to go. So, um, yeah, she was tickled pink, and I've now shipped to Texas and California, and uh, they want me to ship to Paris, but I'm thinking, you know, there's some ro- pretty flowers out on this Can't corner. They,
0: maybe you could, someone could just buy you a plane ticket to Paris, and you could hand carry them. <laughs>
2: I like that idea. Well, that, that's <laughs> so,
0: that's super interesting. I would love to follow up with you more and, and uh, work on a story about, like, how do small-scale farms ship? Because there are a couple other Slow Flowers members who are doing it. And um, it, obviously, if you have more more harvests than local customers, or if you have these customers who just love your aesthetic and want your flowers, yeah. why not explore that opportunity if you can yeah. If you make it work, and if yeah. it's sustainable and profitable? Um, right. Right. Cool. Well, Teresa it has been really fun talking to you. And while we were talking, I had to write myself a note and remember that I originally learned about you through my friend, Louise Hartwig and her daughter, Kylie Bomley, oh. um, oh, my, yeah. through the garden writers association. And, um, I just thought I would acknowledge that we have those mutual friends. Uh, it's like a small world of both. Louise is amazing. She's, she's a good friend of mine too. Uh, and,
2: at her age she's like a diehard like a ever ready bunny yeah yeah and she knows it all so good person to have around as a friend
0: yeah that's really neat yeah she's the first person who told me about you so you've got some fans um and it's just i hope i get to come out and meet you guys someday uh uh in your own backyard i hope so yeah yeah that'd be fun well, thanks I'd for sh- that. Yeah, you're thanks- welcome anytime. Oh, good. Well, thanks for sharing your story and I know we didn't have enough time to cover everything, but is there anything that you want to add that I forgot to ask you before we sign off?
2: No, uh, other than that, I have adored you. And I know everybody says something about, but I truly <laughs>
0: your
2: your podcast and that have seen me through um sometimes when I've had a question mark floating in my head or I just need some downtime or I'm listening, but it's it's your voice and how you handle people and the things, I don't know what the people that you choose to interview, that gives me more strength to say, okay, I'm back. I'm back in this game and I'm going to go at it full skill. So Mm. I really appreciate all that you do. Thank Mm. you so much.
0: Thanks for saying that. And now you're, you're adding your voice to that uh, lineup of people who are encouraging others by sharing a little bit about what's happening in Uh, Brian, Ohio at Rooster Ridge Farms. So let's stay in touch and do that again, okay? I appreciate you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Teresa. All right, have a good one. Bye bye. Bye bye. of Teresa and find links to her social places in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 518,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with the donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. We're so grateful for two recent donations from listeners who shared their love and financial support. Thank you first to Elaine Vandiver of Old Homestead Alpacas, a Slow Flowers member and past podcast guest who wrote this when she sent in her contribution. I love the show, your work, your enthusiasm, and all the inspiration you put into this world and our industry. And I had a great August, so I wanted to share. Keep on keeping on. Thanks, Elaine. I love you. And thank you to aspiring Mississippi grower, Mary Beth David, who sent this note in with her contribution. She said, thank you for the hours of learning and entertainment with the Slow Flowers podcast. Thank you, Mary Beth. I can't wait to see what you do with all that you've learned. We're so grateful for our listener support. It is a blessing. Our final sponsor thanks today goes to Northwest Green Panels. Based in Madras, Oregon, Northwest Green Panels designs and constructs a wide array of wood-framed greenhouses offering versatility, style, and durability. Their greenhouses are 100% Oregon-made using twin-wall polycarbonate manufactured in Wisconsin, making Northwest Green Panel structures a great value for your backyard the eight by eight foot modern slant greenhouse has become the essential hub of my cutting garden. Check out photos of my greenhouse in today's show notes or visit nwgreenpanels.com to see more. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com.